Amen, amen. You may be seated. Y'all are having way too much fun out there. Man, holiday, everybody's like, yeah. So those that don't know me, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here, one of the elders. I am so excited. Now, before I start, I do need to make an announcement. We have uh, our Discover New Life, is where we do our growth track. We talk about who we are, what we believe, why we believe what we believe, what we're going after, the vision of this house. We do that periodically, and it's going to start again on May 1st. So if you're like wondering what's going on at New Life, or you're like, hey, I want to know what you guys believe, or you're like, hey, I want to get connected, this would be the place to go. So 9 o'clock, we're going to be meeting upstairs starting on May 1st. And we end before the service starts, so you can come on and be a part of the service right after that. It's awesome. Now, our printer's not working, or we'd have a sign-up outside, right? So we need you to go on the website and sign up. We have childcare, but we need to know who's coming so we know how much childcare to have, okay? So please do that. We would love to have you be a part of that. It's awesome. That being said, so I'm getting ready for this. And uh, uh, God's, you know, like he's going, just he get me going on different things. And he kinda, I've been feeling it for a couple weeks coming up to this that, that I don't know about you, right? But I've been learning to navigate the news. It's always so full of happiness and joy and unicorns and rainbows. You know, you watch the news and you're like depressed. You want to go turn it off, like, you know what, just me and Jesus, I don't even want to know what's going on in the world. It's terrible. And there's so much going on. There's so much going on. And I give you an instance, like, it is so weird now. I, I, I just imagine this in my head. If I was to go on a university campus, and I was just to, like, to talk about what I believe and why I believe it, I would probably be called a bigoted, homophobic, racist, you know, by some youngster who feels like it's a really good idea to tell me, right, and save the planet because they care, right? And they're thinking this is good. Like, you're evil because you believe what you believe. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Hope that wasn't shocking anybody. This is weird, right? It's like there's so much angst going on. It's the young against the old. It's black against white, you know? It's men against women. It's like transgender fluidity against those who are not, you know, who don't agree with it. It is like, we're all going to die because of COVID. And then, you know, we're all not going to be able to afford to go to the store. Every time we go to the store, the fun, it costs more money. You know, all the, you know, people are shopping and going, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to feed my kids. If I, you know, another three months of keep prices keep rising like this. You know, I, I'm not going to be able to buy a house anymore. It, it's all falling apart. You know, the Democrats and the Republicans, they're all screaming at each other all the time. It doesn't. It's like, I hope you're not depressed by now. I'm bringing all this up. You know, and, and I don't know about you, right, for over the last couple of years, God has had me learn to navigate that space because I actually, I like to know what's going on in the world. I do. I like to understand what's going on in politics and why things are happening the way they do. But I would, I would watch it and there would just be like, you know, and he's just, man, something got to be done, you know, and I was like, okay, that's not healthy. Back off, back off. And so I'm just learning how to navigate this space. And so God has been reminding me about that process. And so 
I want to encourage you. Like, there is a way for us to navigate the world. Unfortunately for us, and fortunately for us, we live in America, right? As bad as they're saying it, okay, this is still one of the best places to live in the world. If you've gone overseas and you've gone to other places, you understand what I'm talking about. If you've never gone anywhere and you just listen to news, you think this is the worst place ever, right? But they're running across the border trying to get into this place, right? Why? Because crazy, stupid, uh, people wanting to control other people, people wanting to hurt other people, people wanting their way is normal. Throughout history, right? The, the American experiment is actually fairly new, right? It, it really is. Throughout all of history, it's always going on. And then there's, there's times when they form governments and it gets a little bit better for a while, right? And then it goes back to this. And then you got one, one, one country wants to take what they have, so they're going to come in. Or one political group wants to be in control, so they start doing it. That's just normal. So what we're experiencing is not abnormal at all. It might be abnormal for us, but it's really not abnormal. And so God has a way for us to be able to navigate this space. I don't know if you'd realize this. Uh, uh, Bert hit on it, right? You were designed to have life. That's what Jesus came to give you. He came to give you life. I can tell you, though, sometimes it's a struggle to figure out how do I access life? How do I, like, bring life into my own self, right, in my, between my ears and in my heart, just dealing with the day-to-day stuff? You know, sometimes it's, it's hard to have life when someone's poking you in the eye. It's hard to have life, you know, when someone just ran over you and they want to back up over you and be probably going to try to hit you again after that. You, you know, you, you just don't like, how do I have life in these situations? But what if you can? What if you can? What if the idea that I just can't do this and I don't know how to do this and I'm probably never going to be able to do this? What if that's a lie? So that's what I want to go after today. So, have you ever wondered why Jesus died on the cross? Since it's Resurrection Sunday, I thought that would be a great topic to top him up, right? So, he died so that you can have life and life more abundantly. Okay? And so, everything I'm talking about really goes back to the cross, So if Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, how's that working for us? Just pausing, just kind of how's that really working for you? So what we're experiencing is a battle of life and death. That's what we're experiencing. Now, I'm not talking about like, you're dead. That's not the death I'm talking about. Or, you know, oh, he's breathing again. He's alive. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the spiritual realm, life and death. That's the battle we're in. And, like, when we listen to the news, when we listen to voices that are speaking, and it has an uh, effect on us, that's actually death. The heart's deceitfully wicked, and who can know it? 
whatever comes out of the mouth is coming out of the heart. And so we are all pros by nature to give away death. I don't know if you've thought about that way, but that statement is true. It is natural for us to be able to give away death. In fact, we are born with this ability to start walking and start talking death. It comes natural to us. And it's interesting, like, I'm going to use the, go back to the news. When you see people like, oh, fighting back and forth, you know, you put on the news channel and you got the one guy arguing this point, the other one arguing this point, you're evil, you're bad, you're trying to kill us, whatever. You know, you can't fight death with more death. It doesn't really work. That's why we never seem to get anywhere. Because you can't fight death with death. You can only fight death by bringing life to it. So when Jesus talks about us having life, talks about us being given life, overflowing life, abundant life, rivers of living water, that's what he's giving to us. He's actually describing to us this ability for us to bring life into situations. That's the struggle that I'm going through when I listen to the news, I get all amped up, and I'm like, and the stuff comes out of my mouth isn't life. It has to do with what I'm focusing on. But I'm going to talk about it even at a deeper place than that. I'm going to go back to, like, we're actually born that way. And so the solution actually starts with understanding what Jesus did for us. And so I'm going to ask you the question, do you know what sin is? Now, when I say sin, most of us think of the verb sin, right? A popular one for a long time, it's in the dictionaries, is missing the mark. It's true, but it kind of misses the point. That's the verb. Did you know that the origin of the word for that verb is actually a noun? Does everybody remember? You're going to get your money's worth today. Not only are you going to get a Sunday message, you're going to get an English class. And I'm going to throw in some Greek just to make this worth your money. So remember, a noun is a person, place, or thing. So sin starts as a noun. This thing, right? It's not a verb at this point. It's a thing. And it's a thing that's inside of us. So that's a little different. And so this word, I'm going to say it one time, hamartia, probably butchered that. It's a noun, and it actually is two parts of a word. One is not, and the other one is part of, or share of. So not a part of, not a share of. It's like, huh? How is that like, huh? Right? It's hard to understand that. Probably the best English word that would describe it in a single word is without. 
So sin is without. Without what? Without God. What Adam and Eve did for us, they did this amazing thing for us. They gave us without. That's what they gave us, right? So they had connection with God. They had God. They made this decision, and then all of their offspring now start out without him, right? To better understand this, God, he, he, he gave me this, right? I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty good, God. That was, that was pretty amazing. I know it's God because it was smarter than me. It's like the letter zero or the number zero. Say, and you're going to get a math class. Man, this is an amazing one today. So is zero a number? Who says it's a number? Raise your hand. Who says it's not a number? Raise your hand. Right? If you're a mathematician, it's a number. For everybody else, it's like, it's not a number. It's zero. But you know what zero is? Zero is a placeholder for a number, either a positive number or a negative number, right? Because if I say five minus four, it's one. Five minus five is zero. Five minus six is a negative one. It's a placeholder. And so when we're born, we've got this big zero. And where's the title at? Because if you didn't understand the title, do you get it now? The cross is greater than zero. And before, like, it's hieroglyphics. What are they saying? You start out with this zero, without. The only thing we know how to do at our best is get to zero. Without God. So our life without being filled with the Spirit of God can only get to zero. That's the best thing. It can go negative one. It could go negative two. It can go negative three. We're just going to go to 10, right? Because, you know, the numbers are like really big, right? Let's say you're all the way. 10 is the max. Negative 10. It can be a negative 10. You can be out there murdering people, you know, being, you know, Hitler, Mussolini, I don't know, pick them. You know, it just, you're just destroying everything around you. Or you could be a negative one and just assassinating someone's character, right? Killing their joy, killing their hope. Nobody needs to teach us that. It's amazing. We just learned that right off the bat. Kids, little kids, mine, you know? You know what I'm saying? You don't have to teach them it. What's the first word they learn? No. <laughs> There's something about it. And when you think of like the world's, the different religions they have, right? Do you know what the best religion can do is get you to zero? Because they focus on getting all the evil out. So let's say you start out and you're a negative seven and you get it down and you're negative six and you're getting better and you're negative two and, oh, you've got peace now. You've got a zero. I don't have anything negative going on inside of me. That's better than a negative five. But you know what? Jesus actually came to give you something that's supposed to fit in that spot. 
that you were always designed for, you were designed to have God in that spot. That's why it's empty. Because nothing else is supposed to be there. And in the vacuum of God's presence being inside of you, His Spirit literally being in you, in that vacuum, we have to fill it with something. And the enemy is more than willing to help us come in and fill it with something. That's why politics cannot solve the problem. People who don't have God inside of them speaking life, right? One, you would never get elected right now, right? And then two, you'd have to have a bunch of other people that agree with you on hearing God's voice, walking with God, speaking life, and saying, oh, this is how we move forward. I'm not saying it's not impossible. I expect one day that is actually going to happen. That was my hope, that God's glory fills the world the way it's designed to, and there's just so many people that walk with him that eventually it's like, you know what? You've got the Spirit of God in you. You're speaking life. We want you to be the president. But what we're stuck with right now is people that at their best are zero. And at their worst, there's something more negative than that. Trying to fix problems for us. It can't be done. See, it's also why in our families... When we grew up in our families, if our families didn't know how to access what was supposed to be in that spot, that's why they couldn't give you what you needed. You needed more than what you received. There's so, there are, if I took a poll of all of the hurt that our parents caused us in this, it would be like watching the news. It would be depressing. But they couldn't give us anything else if they didn't have more to give. That's why Jesus died. He died so that there could be more. I want to read this scripture because that's what you do. You don't be like, he didn't read scripture, so I'm going to give you scripture. I'm sorry, I, I have to. I have to do this. I just, the comedy thing, I don't know why. It keeps coming out of me. I get up here. I don't know what it is. So Romans 5. And one of the reasons why I chose this, one of the reasons is, while, when I'm reading through this, you're going to see sin as a noun, you're going to see sin as a verb, and you're going to see sin as an adjective. This is the English portion. So verse 13, to be sure, sin was in the world, this is a noun, before the law was given. This is still a noun, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. So before the law shows up, Sins in the world, zero negative numbers coming out of people. But it wasn't charged anybody because there was nothing that actually told them what was sin was. When the law shows up, all of a sudden, this is God's viewpoint. This is not good. This is death. Probably stop doing this. Right? Now, the problem was that as soon as you get told, you know, if you don't have God in you, it doesn't matter how good you want to be. You cannot be better than a zero. This doesn't happen. And so when the law comes, it brings condemnation because you can't live up to it. But you wouldn't know how messed up you are and how much you need God if the, if the law didn't come and tell you, hey, there's a God. You really need him. Trust me, you need him. That's what it was all about. Nevertheless, death reigned. Catch that. Death reigned. 
from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin, this is the verb, by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is the pattern of the one to come. And I'm going to jump to verse 19 because I'm going to spare you. For those, for just as, try it again. For just as, as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, this is adjective, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin, the noun, increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin, the noun, reigned in death, so also grace might reign through the righteousness to, to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is talking about what Jesus did. Jesus shows up, he, he, he dies on the cross for us, and what he does is he exchanges sin, emptiness, zero, for righteousness. We take on his righteousness. That's what he's given us. It's kind of mind-boggling to wrap your head around. But this is what he's given you. What is righteousness? Righteousness are what things are right according to God's perspective. When he looks at it and like, this is the way I've made it. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's righteous. That's a pretty good deal. That's an awesome deal. I'm pretty sure that's like the best deal ever. That's what he did for us. See, he did that for you, even if right now you're sitting there and I go, and you're like, but I don't feel that way. What if it's true anyway? What if how you feel about it has nothing to do whether it's true or not? So when we're without him, everything we do is without him. See, before we get filled with the Spirit of God, like, you can't do anything the way you're designed to do it. He can show up. He can walk alongside of us. He can love on us. We, he can move us without being filled with the Spirit. And we can do things that would be good stuff, but they wouldn't necessarily be God stuff. If I don't have the Spirit in God in me, I can't be the person I'm designed to be. This is why if you ask me, well, it, you know, is it essential to get the Spirit of God, to receive the Spirit of God? I would be like, I don't know how you do it any other way. Right? I mean, if, if that's what he's fixing is I've got this empty space in me that God belongs in, and we, that is what actually the origin of sin is. Everything I do that's a verb that's called sin comes from that. Right? And Jesus, he even makes this statement. Check this out. If, you think, if, you're, if you're not sure what I'm saying, is Jesus agrees with it. Jesus says like, something like this. He says, like, you think if you go commit adultery, you've sinned. I'm telling you, if you even think about that, you've sinned. And they're like, huh? That wasn't in the playbook. Because that just messed them all up. They're like, uh, then who is it that's not sinning? Nobody. Nobody. No one's righteous. Not one. He's the only one. 
You can't get there from here. Not without him. Like, we have to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's, it's not like Jesus plus. You know? And I, I come from a Catholic background. And so, I, listen, I, I know that some things, like, if, if you're not, like, if you don't hear me regularly, you might go, golly, this is kind of tough. I'm not trying to be. I really am not. But I, I do need to tell you what I know. Right? When I grew up Catholic, you didn't talk about it. I didn't go to one of those Holy Ghost-filled Catholic churches, right? Because there, are, there were some of those, which I thought, oh, that's cool. But it's still, not, it's still not something that, like, you need. It's, like, just an added bonus. And so there's a lot of Christianity that sees the Holy Ghost as an added bonus. But I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't see it that way. I'm pretty sure when he's like, hey, those that believe and are baptized will be saved, he's like, you need to get baptized. You know, my opinion about baptism doesn't really matter to God. He doesn't wake up and ask Sean what he thinks today. He's asking me to agree with him, and it doesn't matter what my doctrines are. It doesn't matter who I listen to or who wrote something in the past that was Christian who had a really good argument on why you don't need to be baptized. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. He's not looking to them and saying, okay, well, since you wrote that down that way, okay, I concede. You don't need to be baptized. It doesn't even make sense. If he said it one time, okay, why wouldn't I agree with him? Right? You see what I'm saying? Why, wouldn't, why would I be like arguing the point about anything that, that Jesus said? Right? And he tells them, wait in Jerusalem until you get endued with power. He says, wait, you don't go anywhere, you stay here, because I'm going to give you something you really need. Now, I don't know if you know this, right? So right now we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday, right? So Friday was Passover. If you didn't get to go to this Passover service, you missed it. It was awesome. The reason why we do Passover the way we do it is because it's a perpetual ordinance, and it's about him being the bread of life. There's so much going on there, and we spend time worshiping, connecting. It's awesome. So next year... Right? So Passover happens. This is the thing that Jesus, like, if you didn't notice, Jesus didn't come on Easter Sunday, just saying. Right? He came during the Passover feast. Okay? The reason why is he was fulfilling the law. The next feast was Pentecost. That's when the Holy Ghost was poured out. They were hanging around till that feast, and, and when that feast was going on, boom, he shows up. And it was like, shazam, pow. They get filled with the Spirit of God. All of a sudden, they are empowered to be the person Jesus was talking about all that time. Like, he's talking about, this is who you're designed to be. This is who you're designed to be. You're designed to give away life. You're, you're going to receive life. You're going to have overflowing life. You're going to be able to operate in power. You're going to say the mountain, mountain move, and it's going to move. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to do all this stuff. This is what gives you the ability to do it. It's also what gives you the ability to speak life. It also gives you the ability to speak life. <laughs> In this room right now, there's a good number of you that don't believe you can actually speak life. You don't believe it's true about you. I know it's true about you, right? Jesus knows it's true about you. 
And the only reason why I know is because he told me. Okay? You're designed to speak life. You're designed to be full of the Spirit of God, and you're designed to be able to have that, that Spirit inside of you where you're connecting to him, and it's like, oh, I can feel him. I can hear him. I can walk with him. I can say what he says to me. You know? You can ask my son. I wasn't very good at it when I started out. Pretty bad, actually. I was good at speaking death, though. I'm pretty sure I did a lot of damage that God healed in him because of that. But I didn't know how to do it then. See, the problem that we have, even after we receive the Spirit of God in our life, the problem is you have choice. You still can access the stuff you used to access before. It doesn't get turned off. You're powerful. God made you so powerful. He said, you know what? You get to have dominion on the earth. You can bring life. You can bring death. You're powerful. That's who he made us. There's nothing more powerful on the planet except him. Okay? And when he died on the cross, he even gave us authority over the demonic. Dude, they ain't nothing if we knew who we are. You know, I know some of you are like, oh, man, you go, the enemy's working. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. The only reason why he's working in me is because I believe something about him, this, a lie, and I've given him power he doesn't really have. Because when you receive the Spirit of God, you have power over that stuff. So he's given us all this power, but we don't know who we are, and we're designed to speak life, and the problem is we have choice, and we just make bad choices. You know why we have, make bad choices? Because we're all jacked up. We spend our entire life people speaking death into us. That's just the way it is. You're not broken. You're just like everybody else. The solution is more of him, of like pressing into him. I've got to have him. I've got to go after him. I, 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 when, I, when, I, when I get down, I've I got to get back up. I, I can't stay down. I, I can't let the enemy do this to me because this is not who I am. And, and, and I'm going to push into it, and I'm going to push into it, and, and I'm going to get back up again, and I'm going to push into it. I guarantee you, if you chase after him, and don't believe any voice that tells you you can't, you will find him. It is simple. It's not always easy, but it is simple. And the biggest challenge we have is what's going on between our ears and what's coming into our hearts. The stupid stuff that's been built up into us is our biggest obstacle about learning how to walk in speaking life and accessing life on a day-to-day -day basis. See, he shows up. How many of you felt God's presence when we're worshiping together? How many, how many people felt it? He shows up. Those are the moments he's saying, hey, I'm still here. I am with you. I'm walking with you. You can have more of me. See, he's not going anywhere. He doesn't disappear when I don't feel him. It's me that's struggling with just connecting to him. But he is always like, let me give you a hug. 
let me give you another hug. Let me give you another hug. Because he wants us to keep moving into him. So, do you know what the solution is? Choice. (laughs) We just keep choosing them. That's it. It is not the sins that separate us from God anymore. See, and in fact, this is where the sin thing kind of jacks our head up. Because we think it's what we do that separates us from God. It has an effect on it, right? It, 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 that is part of the equation. But what we do comes out of a place of not having God. And so we don't have God. We can't do things that are righteous without God. So everything we do, everything we do, right? You think it's the big stuff. You think it's the pornography. It's the hate. It's the jealousy, the stealing things, the... The, the anger, you think those are the things that separate you from God, right? Because you read in the Bible, sin separates us from God, which is true. But it's not really the things. It's the state of existence that doesn't have him. That's what it's talking about. And those things come out of that place. And so now when we struggle with it, it's not the sin that separates us from God anymore. Because if we have gone to him, we've received his spirit, we've been baptized in his name, we have gone to him and we've submitted ourselves to him, our sins don't separate him anymore. He's no longer separated from us. Now, the enemy is going to tell you that. The enemy will be more than happy to tell you that. He loves telling you that. He will just like, God doesn't love you anymore. You can't go to him. You need to feel really, really bad. In fact, flail yourselves. Make yourself feel pain. Make your friends feel pain. Make your family feel pain. Pain is good as much as you can get. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Isn't that weird? Like, when you say it that way, you're like, yeah, that's true. Kind of stupid when you make it say it like that. But that's what we do. But sin doesn't separate you from God anymore. Not when you received him. Your shame separates you. Your guilt separates you. You're believing what the enemy separates you. But it ain't on God's end. Nobody's keeping you from God. You can have him anytime you want. In fact, when I close this down, I'm going to be going for it. You can have him today. <laughs> Today's the day of salvation. You know, let's say... And something happens, you got to run away right now. Right now, you got to go take care of something. You know, one of the kids just, you know, set themselves on fire. You know, you got to run. Oh, I couldn't go to the altar. Well, guess what? You could be at home and you can receive the Spirit of God. You could be at home and receive everything you need. It's not the location because He's everywhere. It's how it's what we believe is true. One of the great things about doing it here is you've got people that are surrounding you. It's almost like a wall of worship and praise and people that are walking in the Spirit. It makes it really hard for the enemy to operate. That's why you feel so much freedom when you come here. Right? Make, the enemy just has a hard time operating well here. That's the only difference. 
So it's great to avail ourselves. That's why we have the Sunday service. It's great to avail ourselves of that. It's great for us to gather together to hear what God's talking about. It's, but Sunday service isn't like the thing. God's not, wow, I can't wait till Sunday, then I can move. You know, we're going to do city quake. And, and I, I, I can't even tell you how important this is for you. Because you, you will not grasp it. During City Quake, it's the equipping that's going to basically help you see that you are actually designed to be able to walk out into the world around you and, and expect God to move and know that God loves people so much that he would actually show up in a way that their bodies would be healed. Amen. That God would actually give you a word from heaven to encourage them and let them know he loves them. You know why? Because God loves people. He loves them more than you do. And he wants to show up and be introduced to them. But you know what he does? He cannot do? He's restricted himself because you have dominion on the earth to work through you. There are times when people open themselves up, nobody will be around. Like I came to God because I discovered the enemy was very, very real. And like put a fire underneath my butt. And I was like, okay, I got to find God because that guy's just freaky. I, that's how I started looking for God. I grew up Catholic, Lutheran, you know, it wasn't because of that. I mean, it introduced me to the idea that God was real. But when I knew the enemy was real, all of a sudden, nope, God's real. Because <laughs> that's definitely the devil, right? I was like, ooh, that was scary. So I started looking for him. For most people, it doesn't happen that way. For most people, they get introduced to a God that loves them through another person. You're designed to give life. See, I, I, the reason why I brought up City Quake is some of you need to go just so you can be exposed to it. You might not walk out of there being on, okay, I'm ready for this. That wouldn't be the point necessarily. The point would be, maybe I can be ready for this. Maybe I can, I can be the one that God would want to walk with and do operate through that way. If you could just grasp that much, if, that's a big jump. Why? Because you're designed to give away life. What do you think it is? Right? Most, most everybody. I, I, one of the problems Dwayne and I have with this, and I'm including Dwayne so that you know that I'm not like stabbing in the back or anything, right? He doesn't, he isn't really thrilled about Sundays. We don't think Sundays is really all that effective, to be honest with you. Because I'm going to go over four things that you need to actually implement in your life that'll help you get to where you need to go, right? You'll notice Sunday is not on, one of the, is not on the list because it's not the top four. Now, where was I going with that? Say it. City Quake. Yes. That must not have been God because it ain't coming back to me. So, you're designed to actually give away life. There it is. When you step into the place and say, you know what? I feel like God wants to heal your foot right now. And the person's like, oh, really? That would be awesome. Okay, don't know what to do with that, but okay, right? And you touch them, 
Jesus, let your kingdom come right now. Restore his foot. You know what you're doing? The difference between speaking life and giving away life is nothing. There's no difference. All that's happening is the life that's coming out of you is because he's directing it. You're following him. It shows up in a physical manifestation. It's no different when you're connecting to someone in your family or somebody that's struggling that you know and you hear God and you just speak an encouragement from heaven to them. A word from heaven is the same thing. That's all it is. It is one of the simplest things we can do. It is not hard. We're just scared of it because we think, oh, this is where I was going. The guy on the platform, he's supposed to do that. All of us, we're not really qualified. We weren't really called to that because we're not called to ministry. That guy's called to ministry. Look, he can talk. <laughs> That's how we think about it. And it's jacked us up. This is not the secret place. <laughs> this, this is not it, okay? This is an ego trip sometimes for, for people. Okay? This doesn't make you anything. It doesn't. What makes you who you are is him. Whether you do this or not, if you step into who you are and you start operating according to what is true about you, you're more important than I am. Okay, let's bring up the four, list of four. So these are the four most important things you can do to grow. The first one is you got to spend time with God. Right? Some of us, we struggle with that. Oh, God, 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 I'm so busy. I wake up, I'm tired. You know, I go to go get home from work, I'm tired. I guarantee you, if you don't spend time with him, you're not going to grow. It just... It doesn't work, right? And, and as a baby Christian, it is perfectly okay to start out with, okay, I'm driving to work. I'm going to spend time talking to him while I'm driving. He works with that, okay? How many have had kids and you know there's a point at which they are not going to eat baby food anymore, right? They want some meat, you know? They want some ice cream. They, they want something else other than this mashed peas. I mean, you know... Why? Because it's natural for them to actually move to a place where they ingest other things that aren't smashed to death and easy to eat. And that's what, it, for us, there's a lot of people in this room right now, like, you're wondering, I just can't get there. It's like I'm struggling with getting there. I'm telling you, one of the problems you're having is you just need to, like, make myself, I've got to seek after him. I've got to spend some time where I'm just connecting to him. Connecting to him because of connecting to him. Not connecting because I have to read my Bible. Not correct, connecting to him because I have to pray certain things. You know, Not connecting to him because I have to do anything. Connect to him because I want to connect to him. I can't live without connecting to him. I want life. And if I don't have life, it's not worth living. It's in that place that when you connect like that, you read scripture and all of a sudden it starts talking. You're praying and you can hear his voice. Peace comes. Oh, God, yeah, you really, I, I've never looked at the situation that way. Oh, I've never looked at that person that way before. I can see them the way you see them now. God, you really, you, you think that's true about me? 
Really? I can believe that? Oh, this is what you believe about you? You notice what I didn't say? God, where do I go? What do I do next? That's what we want to talk to him about. You know why? Because we feel like if we do the things that we're supposed to do, which is not sinning, if we do the right things, God will be happy with us. There are times he wants you to do things, but that's not what he wants to talk about. He wants to talk about the things in, that help you become who you're designed to be. It's all that stupid junk we have in our, between our ears that he's, he's one by one, he's pulling these bricks out, they're holding this wall together, and he's tearing it down, and every time something comes out, something new that comes from him, that's truth, that's life, it starts building us up into the person we're designed to be. That's the conversations we need to have. The next thing on the list. They weren't ready for me. There you go. Spend time in transparent relationships. You need to find people who are willing to be real with you, real with God, and real about where they're at. Right? We call this small groups. <laughs> right? It's important. You've got to be around people who actually are willing to walk with you and walk with God. And hey, like we're fumbling through this. I am having a really rough day and I don't know why. You're going to be able to minister when you're willing to actually open up and say, you know what, I'm going to let people see in me. I'm not afraid to be me. And you give each other permission to be. You, I cannot tell you how important that is. That is the soil in which we grow in. We have to grow here to grow here. There are some things we will never grow this way until we grow this way. Greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot do this by accident. Okay? If you were me, it worked really hard to get there. My son's laughing at me. It was hard work to get there. Why? I was socially awkward. I didn't know how to do this at all. I like, uh, where's Chris at? Chris is like, he's like the, the, the child whisperer over there. He can talk to anybody. Little four-year-old, he's just talking to him. I'm like, how do you do that? Right? Some people, it just comes naturally. That wasn't me. Right? I made myself go after this. And I cannot tell you. There are people that have walked with me through that process that can tell you there is a major difference now. It's opened up heaven in my life in ways I never could have received without it. The third one is you need to spend time with mentors. You need to let people speak into your life. Okay, They need to be people that actually walk with God if you're going to have spiritual counsel. If you're trying to like, get out of debt, right? somebody who understands that would be great. But if you're going to grow spiritually, you need to walk with some people that are spiritual and that you just give them permission to speak into you. And the last one is, spend time being a friend that speaks life. You've got to practice this. This is really what I'm talking about today. You've got to practice speaking life. You've got to go after it. You know what? Today I'm going to get up and I'm, going to, I'm, I'm asking God for an opportunity to speak into someone's life so that they can know you, experience you. So in closing,
I want to bring you back to the cross. So remember in Romans 5.19, it read, so, so also through obedience, the one through one man, many were made righteous. Do you want to be righteous? Do you want to be righteous? That's why he died. He died so that you could be righteous. 2 Corinthians 5. God made him who had no sin. This was a noun. Talking about Jesus. He had no emptiness in him at all. There was no zero in him. To be the zero for us. He actually made him sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Give me Matthew 27. This is when it happens. And he brought this to my attention last night, yesterday afternoon. And when I read this, I just wept for probably about 15 minutes. So it was about three in the afternoon when Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this was the moment that God left him. One who had never known what it was like to be left alone. And he felt the loneliness and the emptiness of all of us in that moment. And the weight of it, the weight of it, he had to carry into the grave. And then he rises up He takes his own blood and he makes a covenant with God and he presents his blood to God as the only sinless lamb that ever existed. And now all we have to do is to agree with him, is to come to him and he will give us righteousness. It's not our righteousness. We never could get that righteousness our sin never put us in a position to get connected to God. It always kept us away from God. And he fixed it for us because he loves us that much. God doesn't want you to be separated from him. He's not okay with that. He's not okay with it. Today, that sacrifice and that covenant still works. And you can be a part of that covenant anytime you want. You didn't make the covenant with God. You cannot break the covenant with God. He did. You are not that powerful. And so if you want to be filled, if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, you can do that today. So if you could stand.
you've been struggling and you're like, I don't know if I've received the Spirit of God. I think I have, but I don't know. You need to know. Because the enemy uses that against you. He wants you to be full. He wants you to know you've been filled. He wants you to feel the experience of having God inside of you, not just on you, not just around you, but actually in you. Because that is the righteousness of God. He literally is inside of you. If you've been walking and it's like, ah, it's been so jacked up and I need more. I need to reconnect to that righteousness. I need to reconnect to that fact that I'm designed for life. You can have it. Come on down to the front. Pray. If, you, if you're struggling with that, sometimes, I'm, I'm going to say this, a lot of times I lead people where they are because you don't need to be at the front. But for some of you, you need to actually make a move. Like, you need to physically, like, I need him. And it's like, you move from your spot, and it does something in you. And that's one of the reasons why we do that. Whatever your situation today, if you are absolutely full, I want you to join with me and bless those that are seeking more of him. So we're going to sing a song. There'll be people here to pray with you. If you're needing healing in your body, come on down to the front and let someone know. We got people that are more than happy to expect God to do a miracle.